Hello everybody, Sandra here with an intro to this special episode. We've got a double, double interview segment for everyone today. In the first portion of this episode, you will be listening to an interview that we had with Vanessa DiBernardo and Katie Johnson. And in the second interview portion of this episode, you'll be hearing an interview that we had with coaches uh, Parkinson and Sitch. So we spoke about very similar things within each of the interview segments, bubble life, tournament life, player life, coaching life, uh, Chicago wishes, hopes and dreams. And we hope uh, that you enjoy it. Hey, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Southside Trap Podcast. The podcast helps you stay outside with the Chicago Red Stars. It's your girl, Sandra. I'm here today with a very special edition episode. Uh, we're going to have another player interview here. And I'm here today with my friend, homie, and colleague, Claire Watkins, a.k.a. Scam Originator. How are you doing today, Claire? Good. Once again, very excited to talk to some Red Stars. We're going to talk to some Red Stars. We are joined today by... Vanessa DiBernardo and Katie Johnson, how are you doing today, guys? Doing great. Doing great. <laughs> oh, you love to hear the excitement. You love That's to see time. it. <laughs> you, love, you love to see it. Love to hear it. Let's chat Challenge Cup, guys. Uh, just to kick things off, let's talk a little bit about uh, tournament life, bubble life specifically, uh, getting into Utah and adjusting to life there. How have things been going? If uh, Vanessa, you want to start off and then Katie, you can sort of piggyback on that. Yeah, um, it's definitely different. Um, I think they've done kind of a great job at creating kind of the bubble life. Um, the hotel feels just like it's us players and coaching and staff and stuff like that. I think the first two weeks were definitely an adjustment. Um, I think everyone kind of struggled a little bit, but these last couple of weeks, I think we've kind of almost feels a little bit like home, which is kind of weird to say, but <laughs> I would say at least that's a, a good part of how it feels. So, so yeah. Decent. What's yeah, up? Katie? I would say um, lots of ping pong, a lot of Netflix, um, pool, but besides that, just soccer, eat, sleep, and a lot of video. When you say like pool, do you mean like you're playing the game of pool with a table or like jumping in no, a pool? Like swimming in a pool and I race Savannah. <laughs> who's, who's, well, who's faster? Um, we tied today. Uh, she beat me in the regular stroke and I did backstroke and beat her with the longer arms. So. Oh, nice. I was yeah. going to say, you got the height there. How did that happen? I'm an awful, I'm an awful swimmer. But <laughs> oh, I like it. Here to hear first. Katie Johnson, yeah. awful swimmer. Yeah. You guys, um, the group stage. Let's talk about the group stage a little bit. Uh, 
mixed results right a little bit of a different vibe uh you guys came into this tournament rory dames shout out to him he was very specific in terms of how the group was gonna go into the group stage and utilize it and we got to see a lot of players uh play a lot of different positions and different minutes uh what is your guys's perspective and the preliminary rounds in terms of how you started off in match day one versus that epic final group match. You want to go first, Steve? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the group stage was just tough because coming into the tournament, we really didn't get to play any games. Um, so kind of like Rory said, all the games were kind of our preseason games. So that was kind of a different mindset, but I think as the tournament went on and we played more games and played with different people and got to know, I think, players a little bit differently because we do have a lot of new players on our team this year. Um, so I think those group stage games kind of definitely helped us get to where we are now. Yeah, I would agree. And I would say that sometimes Rory's madness in his method does work and I think it shows us going to the final so I guess it kind of worked in our favor to I guess be more trial and error for the first few games. Do you guys feel like uh, heading into the group stage do you feel that like conceptually something like quarantine you know or having to kind of self-isolate or distance a little bit maybe was either like a benefit or a detriment to prepping for something like this we've heard a lot of mixed results I mean there's some players who say that that worked out for them we chatted a little bit with Bianca actually and she said hey she was like that actually kind of worked out in my favor so what is your guys' perspectives on on how you had the, the initial quarantine time and whether or not that was uh, beneficial or not for you guys um, yeah, I would say it was, it was tough, um, because for me personally, you put in all this work in the off season, getting ready for preseason and you only got one week of preseason. And then, um, I stayed in Chicago cause that's where I'm from. So pretty much the whole city was kind of shut down. So it's not like we could go to the gym and train and, um, you almost just felt like a lot of the work that you put in, in the off season kind of got wiped away. But I think once we were able to start playing again, um, our club did a really good job at preparing us for this tournament. So it's definitely a different mindset. And I think that that challenge helped us mentally grow. Um, but physically, it was definitely a different kind of way to get ready for a season. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. I kind of remain neutral about it. I just feel like if it were a longer season, then it might have been a little more detrimental. But with this shorter season and being able to spread out time, it kind of was okay because I feel like we're able to conserve our bodies a little bit more. So I guess it was either or you take it as it is. Yeah, just to follow up real quick, Katie, you know, Rory has like gone on record a couple times talking a lot about Savannah McCaskill talking a lot about you guys, uh, you and her specifically, kind of referring to the two of you as like the most kind of improved players coming into, uh, you know, the the Challenge Cup. Can you just maybe speak to a little bit about maybe something you did differently or kept up with more often uh, during your off season routine? Um, I think my fitness got a little better from last season. Um, I felt like I was lagging a lot of the play, and I, I obviously was 
depending on Sam a lot more to just play her through balls and I would watch. But this year I feel like I kind of had to pick up my own slack and I recognized that in the off season. So I just made sure I was fitter this year and I just had a stronger mentality to work on both sides of the ball. And I think he recognized that. So he's been a little bit harder on me this year, but I think it's because he expects more out of me too. So it's been good. Let's talk about, uh, the semifinal a little bit because with the two of you guys being on you're more of the kind of offensive minded players that we've uh, had on the episodes uh, so far so in terms of all of that stuff uh, surrounding the storylines and narratives about the team finding their chemistry offensively in this tournament like where's it at when is it going to happen like when are you going to see the breakthrough uh, how did it feel for you guys on a personal level to sort of have the type of semifinal that you guys had offensively Katie, you go first. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, it was it was nice and it was definitely a relief because I think I mean, especially up top, it's a new group and that's our probably what second or third game playing together. So I think we're just learning each other's tendencies a little bit more and it shows every game. And I think that the goals just were a result of that and we want to keep proving that we we can do it. And I think he put that pressure on us before the game and was saying, you know defense is doing their job now it's time for the front line to do it and I think we accepted that role and did a good job of it yeah for so one of the weirder things that that kind of ended up happening with the tournament as well is that some teams ended up playing each other multiple times and Chicago actually ended up you guys are the only team that will have played every other team at the tournament having gone through the whole thing um how has it been kind of figuring out film for a new opponent every time? And are there any teams that you were kind of like, oh, I kind of wish we got another shot at them? That's I'm happy with how it played out <laughs> that we get to play every team because then it kind of gives you more of like a kudos if you beat everybody. Well, you wouldn't beat everybody, but if we win it, then, you know, that's how I feel about it. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I didn't actually realize that that was the case. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I felt like we played a different team every game, but, like, I was like, oh, we, yeah. So um, I think it's refreshing to always kind of have a new opponent, and um, I think our staff has done a great job with preparing us um, with every team. So, um, yeah, it's, it's nice that we've actually been able to play a new team every game. Dope. I love it. Uh, in terms of, um, like, the perspective and the momentum coming off of that game, um, just how are you guys feeling heading into a final? We've been hearing a lot about how things like the, the mental fatigue has been setting in. Um, bubble life has maybe not been as easy, you know, for other people to adjust to. Um, and obviously, as you're participating in a tournament-style format, like, the longer a tournament goes, like, the more you're going to put on the body and the legs, right? So in terms of heading into this final, just how are you guys both – feeling whether it's mentally physically or all the above yeah I mean I'm excited <laughs> we've been here for four weeks now and um this is why we're here and I think it's exciting to know like this is the last game and um we know when we're going home we know it's over after this and um I think that mentally is kind of nice um to have that and we just have one game left and it's the most important game. So I think we're just excited to be here. I agree. 
<laughs> well, that is that is also though, that's kind of something that the the Rory has said that um, it seemed like some of the other teams maybe hit they hit the wall like two weeks in, three weeks in, whereas it seemed like maybe for you guys sort of getting getting into the groove happened happened earlier you maybe had some more struggles at the very beginning of this process and then or have kind of been coasting through it now would you say that that's been true for your guys's personal experience yes 100 <laughs> percent. i felt like the first two weeks i was it was a lot mentally and then now it's just kind of it is what it is and we're here and we're getting now we're like going through it and we want to win it so it's like we're all pretty present i feel like now yeah, I would definitely agree with that. <laughs> How nice is it to be playing on grass now? Much better. <laughs> <laughs> Life changing. <laughs> yeah. The turf burns are now uh, healing, so it's nice. <laughs> Has anyone gotten like a worse turf burn than Ella Stevens? Because she was pretty righteous with that <laughs> turf burn that she earned in that game against Portland. Uh -huh. I would say Sitch had a bad one. Our yeah. assistant coach is really bad. <laughs> Your assistant coach got a turf yeah. burn worse than a player who played a game? Yeah. yeah. How she, did that happen? Or was it during the crossing drill? It was during, like, a crossing and finishing drill, and she was, like, a defender, but not even, like, a defender, I think, really to win a ball. <laughs> it's all – It's she said it was probably the worst turf burn she's ever gotten. And she's yeah. had a long career, so. Wow, that's impressive. We, we actually uh, have plans to speak to some of your assistant coaches, so we might actually ask This her is a good tip. Question. We'll ask about that, yeah. yeah. Appreciate you guys. Good looking out. Um, just to sort of uh, link up and bridge, like, soccer and uh, Chicago together, we've spoken uh, with a number of your teammates, and coming out of that final group match was a really dope initiative that the whole team was participating in called the Pass It On Initiative that was, like, spearheaded by Sarah Gordon. And one of the things that we really loved about it was that uh, it centered around really trying to give back directly to communities within the city of Chicago. So I just wanted to hear from the both of you <laughs> about <laughs> your feelings and perspectives about the importance in participating in something like that uh, directly for a community in Chicago and the importance, you know, as really non-black women to, you know, so continue, you know, supporting something like the, like the Black Lives Matter. I'll go. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it was a great thing that we were able to come together and do. And Sarah has kind of been a great leader for us um, in kind of guiding us to what organizations do we want to donate to and what organizations do we want to support because Chicago is a big city. And um, I think we want to kind of support something where we feel like we can help and um, put money towards. So Sarah, again, has been a great leader in that aspect. And um, we kind of, she sh shared her idea with us and we were all on board and um, we kind of had fun with it with all of us kind of saying we would donate to different things. So um, it was, it was definitely a team effort and it was um, something that I think we were, are going to continue try to continue to do um, as the year goes on and as the years do go on. 
Yeah, I would agree. It was also nice to just feel like we could grab, like there's something that we could grasp onto and make feel like we're actually making a change as a team. Um, and so I think that when you're doing something that feels a little more tangible, you actually feel like you're accomplishing something, which is really good feeling. So yeah, I felt pretty good about how we did it. And hopefully we can keep doing stuff, especially once COVID dies down. I think we can do some more like interactions and that'd be really cool in Chicago. Yeah, we'd love, uh, love to see it. I know a lot of the team has been talking about that. Um, so I can't wait to, to potentially see some of that stuff and cover it, to be, to be quite honest. Um, staying on our favorite topic, the, the city of Chicago, uh, we had thrown a couple of like fun questions to uh, your teammates about this. And we had kind of um, like a bubble life Chicago-related question. So lots of players have been uh, bringing, they ended up bringing a ton of stuff with them to the bubble, right? In order to just make life a little bit better or easier. Uh, a, is there something that you can look back on now and wish that maybe you had brought more of or all, at all together? And is there maybe like a Chicago specific treat that you wish you could have within the bubble, whether it's something like a pizza or hot dog or Italian ice or something like that? Hey, Joe. <laughs> um, first of all, I wish I brought my pillow because oh, my neck is yes. always sore and I regret <laughs> that so badly. Um, and then food wise, it would be small cheval. I can't wait to get a burger when I get back. Get a French nice. fry and shake. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Good choice. Yeah. Um, I would have to say I wish I could have brought my dog. <laughs> um, <laughs> we have okay, seen we've seen a lot of, of like dog <laughs> reuniting videos from players who have already left the bubble. So Yeah. I think not only I would have benefited from it, but I think the whole team would have benefited from it. Um <laughs> So my dog and then um, food wise, oh, just anything unhealthy Chicago food, yeah. <laughs> the deep dish pizza. Like I, there's so much Chicago food. I'm excited to get back for a little insight. I would say that we have enjoyed Domino's pizza and like, it's not even good, but like we all get so excited over it. So I think that's a sign that we need like to get out of here for food wise. <laughs> Yeah, so, that's yeah. that's maybe an indicator that like time time to go eventually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the the bar the it's bar just, we've heard the bar for food is yeah. kind of low right now. Also, having watched Last Dance, I commend your bravery on eating pizza in Utah. <laughs> oh, in Utah. <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. Forgot Utah too. Why don't you guys hold off on the pizza? Yeah, so like between <laughs> now and Sunday, maybe. Okay. No dominoes. Yeah, we're usually okay. eating it post game, so I feel like we're kind of in the clear. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool. Nice. It's all right, everybody. Don't freak out. Just, they're saying <laughs> they're staying as safe as can possibly be. Uh, before we close out, we also have like a few more fun questions. Not gonna front. I'm a little bit nervous, so I think my my first lead up question to this is, uh, Vanessa, do you know what TikTok is? <laughs> Yes. Okay, I'm just making sure. <laughs> I'm not that old. <laughs> no, it's not. Even... <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Context, context, context. <laughs> not even an old thing, okay? You know we got a mad love and support for you guys, but when we covered you guys last year in the final, we challenged ourselves to hit you all up with a rapid-fire scenario. We said, hey, we're going to talk to every single player, 
and have a, a quick rapid fire. And when we got to Vanessa and we hit her oh. with rapid fire, she was like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> you said you didn't know what names of songs were. I know. <laughs> I know names of songs, but I am not like super into me like I like music but like I listen to what's played <laughs> so to just give everybody context if you're just joining along with Southside Trap now and you haven't done that since last year that is sort of the angle of coming from like Vanessa please know what TikTok is before I <laughs> I know TikTok <laughs> hey, let's do it all right so we've been asking your teammates if uh, any of you guys have a particular favorite TikTok right now or we kicked it back to Vine as well there's a particular Vine or TikTok that makes you laugh or that you've been uh trying to maybe recreate if you had the chance i'm an avid tiktoker yes <laughs> i like it more than instagram now um so my favorite one right now is the um he just wanna because i'm famous and then they have like the girl dressed in the guy clothes mm -hmm. and then the boy dressed in the girl clothes every time i'm like i think it's the funniest thing so that's probably my favorite right now but i love tiktok i mean you said you knew what it was vanessa so <laughs> I said I knew what it was, but i didn't say i had one so <laughs> <laughs> my first step is downloading tiktok so i can answer that question okay that'll, yeah. be, that'll be off season homework then maybe oh forget that i'm asking in the post game yeah, <laughs> yeah after the game look <laughs> The game went however it went, but what matters is, did you download TikTok? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to hit you with the music question again, Vanessa, the both of you. We actually made uh, a quick playlist as you guys headed into the semifinal because we believe in that vibe. There's no better vibe than the Chicago Red Stars and the semifinals. So that's something that we've done kind of annually for the team and for the supporters. Uh, and we did that again this year, uh, even though all the circumstances are kind of, you know, what they are, very different. Uh, so we want to continue that. And as the two of you, if there's any particular song that has been hyping you guys up uh, during the tournament so far. I got one. <laughs> I knew, you, I knew you wouldn't let me down. Bad Bunny, Pareo Sola. Pareo Sola. Yeah. It's been going every game. <laughs> Excellent. We will be adding that. Cool. You're not even going to try, are no. you, Vanessa? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to open up my Spotify and actually like <laughs> I mean, your teammates did that. They they yeah. were like, all right, all right. Uh, while, while you're doing that, while you're doing that, I maybe just have one more kind of soccer question before we go, um, which is, you know, obviously this is not, the same thing as the NWSL championship at the end of a regular season, but Chicago has another chance after last year to come home with a trophy. Does making, do you even have time to even have feelings about last year going into this game? Or is it really just kind of like all eyes on the prize? Let's get this done. <laughs> I feel like, um, because this year happened so fast. Um, I feel like we're kind of like lucky that we are in another final so quickly. Um, we didn't have like eight months or seven months of a season to kind of think of last year's final and um, that kind of pressure on us. So it's, it's definitely a little different, um, but it is still a final. And I think we're still really excited to be where we are. 
Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I love it. We love to hear it. We love to hear it. Love At to least we're it. on the same page. Yeah. I mean, it would be terrible if you weren't, to be quite honest. It'd be, it would be bad if you guys started arguing with each other. All right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that would not be a scoop that we want. Uh, guys, no matter what happens, you know what we're going to be. We're going to be right here talking about you guys supporting you guys uh we really do appreciate the two of you taking the time to hang out with us a little bit you know ahead of uh, a big final when really all you probably should be doing is just focusing on yourselves and, and prepping for that so thank you both very much for spending some time with us and yeah vanessa i'm not gonna let you out the hook i'm gonna follow up with you TikTok. <laughs> TikTok and a jam. Just we've, so had, you know. we've had a red star yeah. from every single interview that we have to follow up with on this. I'm I'm good with it. Yeah. I'm good with it. That's that's right. good reporting on our end. You guys take care and hopefully the next time we interact with each other it'll be over a Red Star's final one. Okay? Thank you. Right. Thanks you guys. Hey, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Southside Trap Podcast, the podcast that helps you stay on side with the Chicago Red Stars. It's your girl, Sandra, here again with another special edition episode for the Southside Trap. Uh, we've got a couple of coaches that we're very excited to speak with, and I couldn't do it alone, so I'm here today with my friend, homie, and colleague, Claire Watkins, aka the Scam Originator. How are you doing tonight, Claire? I'm good. Again, very excited to talk to some Red Stars. <laughs> <laughs> we are excited. We're always excited to talk to some Red Stars. In this episode, it's a pair of coaches. We've got Coach Parkinson and Coach Sitch. How are you doing today? Doing great. Doing good. It's, yeah, very excited to be on the show tonight. So we're very honored that you guys asked us to be here. Yeah. Oh, we don't know what you've heard about us. It's all lies. <laughs> and we're so, we're so excited to get going with this uh you know the the both of you have had some unique journeys to this club uh i think i want to start with ladies first sitch absolutely you have uh huge ties to this club to the city of course we love that here at Southside trap uh we actually had a fun journey of our own during quarantine where we did a recap of many many uh past Red Stars games. We did. And uh, you were a huge part of that, turns out, as we were watching some old, real old school Red Stars performances. So I would like to just sort of give you this moment to kick things off, maybe speak to us about uh, some memories of your playing days with the Red Stars and your arrival to the Red Stars as a coach now. Yeah. Um, man, a lot of memories, actually. Um, I think I've just been really fortunate and blessed to be able to play, um, you know, the sport I love and being able to play professionally back in my hometown. Um, you know, as if you guys remember, uh, I was first drafted to Sky Blue and then traded in the offseason after um, 2009 back to Chicago. And to be able to come back to my hometown and play um, in front of all my family and friends was just truly a blessing, especially being able to have my dad at you know, every single home game and, you know, even traveling to some of the away games. So for me, that was really important. Um, and like I said, just truly blessed to have that. Memories, man. Um, I'll actually just say, like, all my memories really come from just the locker room and off the field, but then also just, like, competing on the field. Like, we were such a blue-collared 
team fighting, winning, battling. And, you know, we had a really good group a couple for a couple years. And just those memories and friendships that we were able to build on and off the field um, are the memories that I just miss. Like, that is the biggest thing that I miss about playing is just being with all my friends and being in the locker room, making fun of each other, having fun. And, you know, just you're going through the battles every single day on the field and every, you know, like the practices where you're drenched in sweat and you're hunched over and you're so tired. Um, you know, those are also the memories that build the greatest friendship. So for me, I think it's just, um, truly humbling to be back in this environment and working with, you know, Rory, who I've known for 20 years now, I guess. So, um, you know, and knowing his style and it's something that I believe in and, you know, that blue collared grit that Chicago brings you. And then, also, just being able to work with staff like Scott Parkinson and just learning a lot with him and having many good laughs. So, um, you know, like I said, I'm just really, truly humbled to be back in this environment and coaching with the elite. That was a long-winded answer. But. No, no, that's perfect. It was the right, perfect amount of time. Uh, in fact, I'm actually going to follow up on it really, really quickly. Uh, was coaching always the end game for you? Did you ever get to a point where you were like, yeah, I think I'm going to – go this route, get into the coaching game. And did you ever see yourself maybe coming back and coaching in NWSL? Um, honestly, I was coaching a little bit when I was playing, doing some individual work, um, small group training. And then I was coaching a high school, a girls high school club. They were the high school age and a club team. And I did really enjoy it. But also after I retired, I had no idea what I was going to do. I knew I wanted to work with people. I love mentoring people. I love developing and working with younger athletes. And that was something that I definitely wanted to do. And I love fitness. So I actually, when I was doing club and doing individuals and small group, I um, started teaching fitness classes, was a personal trainer and, um, you know, didn't know if I really wanted to coach. I kind of was at that point of after retiring was like, okay, am I going to step away from soccer? Am I going to do something new or am I going to stay involved in it? Um, and actually, um, came across a job at UChicago, um, D3 program in Hyde Park and applied for the assistant coaching job. Actually didn't get it the first time around. Um, one of my coaches that I had in the pro league actually got the job. Um, so kind of back to the drawing board of what I was going to do. And then she actually had to relocate after six months. So the head coach, um, Amy Reifert at Chicago called me and asked me if I was still interested. So actually that's kind of how I came about of coaching. Um, and like I said, I still do a lot of individuals and small groups. I love it. Um, and then this opportunity came about with Rory. Um, it was perfect timing for me and just kind of where I was at in my career and I needed to jump out of my comfort zone and learn and grow. And here I am. You'll love to hear it. I know I love to hear it. Scott, <laughs> your journey to the Red Stars uh, was kind of interesting. I mean, we saw almost, it felt like, uh, I'm not going to front, it felt like we got a bit of an acquisition when you came on. <laughs> yeah. uh, kind of a swap. Yeah, just sort of the way things ended up transpiring. Um, just, you know, just to echo what Coach Sitz said and, you know, following the opportunities when they come. Uh, you know, Craig Harrington was a former assistant coach for the Red Stars, and he went out and, and interviewed uh, for your former club, uh, Utah Royals, and ended up getting the head coaching position. And you yourself uh, found yourself available and a free agent, and, and so to speak. And, and all of a sudden, uh, within the similar storylines were going out an announcement of coaches, you were announced as the new uh, first assistant for Chicago Red Stars. So can you give us a little more detail about how that came to, to trespass? Yeah. And so um, 
so me and Laura, we had three-year deals with, with Utah um, and uh, my old boss, Laura Harvey, and uh, she was approached by US Soccer uh, and they made a, a, a mouth-watering offer, uh, let's just say. Um, she spoke to me about it and almost asked for my permission. Um, and I was like, look, you don't owe me anything. You've, you're the one that gave me the chance to come to this level. Like, you just do you and, and we'll be fine. Um, so, uh, basically, I said to Utah, look, I think, make me the interim head coach as soon as you can. Let me steady the ship. Let us get through the draft. Um, and then go on a search for the coach that you want to lead us forward. Uh, if that ends up being me, then so be it. If not, then I completely understand and, and, and what will be will be. Um, so, um, so yeah, it, and it, it kind of panned out where it was Craig. So as soon as I found out it was Craig or I heard whispers, then it was a slight text to Rory. Uh, hello, um, any chance? And he said, yeah, of course, let's sit down. Whenever happens, happens. So uh, my wife had, had just moved to Chicago in January to work at the Obama Foundation. Um, so I knew that I was only going to do one more year in Utah because I was going to follow her to Chicago no matter what. Um, if I'd have been the head coach and I would have won the NWSL, I'd have still walked and, and come to Chicago with her. Um, and then, you know, the way it worked out, it couldn't have been any better. Um, you know, I've spoke to Rory a little bit over the years playing in the league and him and Laura are actually really close. They've done coaching education together. They chat a lot on the phone together. So it was pretty easy and quick to get done. Um, and honestly... Looking back now, it's probably the best thing that could have ever happened to me. Um, it was just amazing how it happened. I get to live with my wife in Chicago. I get to follow her because she's followed me forever. Um, and to follow her and then do what I love to do as well with one of the greatest clubs in the world is just like, it just couldn't have happened any better. I know during quarantine, um, and when things really started to escalate uh, within the city of Chicago, specifically regarding COVID-19, the Red Stars really uh, tried to do a little bit of a shift in terms of their con their content perspectives. And there was a lot of um, emphasis on retaining community building and stuff like that. And they had a lot of different uh, content that rolled out every day. And part of that was uh, stuff that you guys participated in, whether it was Sitch, those awesome workouts that murdered us when we tried them, <laughs> or, you know, the coaches' corners that you guys were participating in. Um, but part of what I really loved was the off-season event that took place when the neighborhood kit was launched and when you guys got to speak a little bit about your personal ties to the city and how you felt about that and uh scott when you revealed uh that you're actually relocated here and that you're actually a south sider i believe you said you were in little village and it little made, village. <laughs> it made me smile you know as, as a fellow south sider and i just wanted to see if you guys can speak a little bit to that once again on the podcast, uh, sort of where you guys are from and how you're feeling connected to the city and uh, how that helps resonate with you even more in your connection to the club. Want me to go? Yeah, okay, so me and my wife are kind of in between Pilsen and Little Village. We're right by California Station on the Pink Line, mm -hmm. um, just off Cermak. Um, we've She's from Tulsa, Oklahoma. We both went to school in Oklahoma City. Then I coached in Tulsa uh, as a D2 women's coach. And then we moved uh, 
Salt Lake City, Utah. So we probably lived in some of the most conservative white communities that you could possibly ever live in, uh, in our 10 years. Uh, she was ready and desperate for the big city, Chicago, New York, Los Angeles. Um, and I was too. So when we decided to, to, to move to Chicago with her job with the Obama Foundation, um, she wanted to live around the community that she's paid to represent and paid to help. Um, and I completely agreed. Um, so we did a little bit of, you know, online. We did it all online. We never, we never saw the apartment before we got it. Um, and uh, when we got there, we were just blown away. Um, we've probably never lived in a more loving community in 10 years. Um, everyone says hello. Everyone looks out for each other. Um, it's diverse. It's multicultural. Um, and I'm telling you, we will struggle to move out of the South Side, no matter what happens with our careers uh, going forward in Chicago. Uh, we just adore it there. And, and obviously everything that's been going on, um, it's been nice as a community to kind of open our posters up in our windows and kind of everyone's doing it in our streets about, you know, most of it in Spanish, some of it in English, just trying to lift the spirits of the streets in the neighborhood. So, so yeah, we just, we love it there and, and, you know, I can't wait to get back home and uh, get back out with, with the wife and, and see Chicago. Um, I grew up in a suburb of Chicago, out in Oswego, which was once a farm town and kind of semi-still a farm town. Um, went to DePaul University, so I absolutely love Lincoln Park. Absolutely love it. Yep, for sure. Um, so I just love this city and everything it has to offer. Uh, I think just my favorite part of it is obviously the lake path and just being able to like get out and about and move along the lake path. But I love how every little neighborhood has their own little like feel to it. So spent some time in Lincoln Park lived a little bit in West Loop, have been in South Loop, have been back up in Lakeview and then back to South Loop. And now I'm sad to say I'm a suburbanite and I've moved out to Naper Thrill. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but I still love the city and it's still like a special place for me and just all the little, like I said, like little neighborhoods and everything that it has to offer. So I think one of the coolest things about the city is um, if you ever have a chance to like do the Chicago Marathon, like every neighborhood and what it brings is just phenomenal. I love the Pilsen area and everyone out with the music. And I mean, it's just, it's, I don't know, it's a really inspiring city. And that's something for me that I just love being a part of. And I think for me, no matter where I live, Chicago will always be home to me. Switching to soccer a little bit. Um, so you guys get in with the new environment, you get like a week of training, something like that. And then everything gets shut down. Um, as part of the coaching staff, what kind of coaching can you even do during that time? I know a lot of things that people have said is that there was even just so much uncertainty of like, is this a weekend? Is this a week? Is this a month? And how was that not only, you know, being coaches in that time, but, but being new to the program? Yeah, good question. I think for me, for sure, probably more than Sitch is obviously I've had to work against the Red Stars for two years. So you kind of know what they're good at, what their strengths are, but how they come to being good at them is what you don't know. Uh, and it's only when you get in and you see it with your own eyes and, and you're listening with your own ears when you're hearing Rory and you're hearing the players and you see how things are done that you can actually really then become a part of the system and then bring your own little sprinkle to that. But ultimately for me, it was about just getting to know the players, getting to see how things work and how things are done. And then maybe finding some areas where maybe I can help and um, that need lifting up. And then um, 
So yeah, so for me, it was complete learner for three or four days. And then I think the Zoom meetings, like this sounds so crazy, but it probably helped me because I get to get on a video Zoom with Julie, I get to get on a Zoom with Alyssa, and then I get to find out who the, who the human is. They get to find out a little bit about me, and, and it, you just get to know each other a little bit. Um, and then again, I've been stuck in a bubble with them for five weeks. We eat together, uh, we're up on vans together, like everything we do is together. So for me, this has probably been a blessing in disguise in terms of understanding this club uh, and the people that are within it. Yeah, um, I think just to kind of go off that, um, you know, being new on the side of the coaching things, but not being new to Red Stars, you know, it's still a lot of learning for me and a lot of growing in that area. And I think not being able to be out on the field and even though we're learning through Zoom or keeping up with them, texting them, hey, how are you? You know, whatever that is to try to build those relationships, I think being able to be here, like Scott said, in a bubble and you're getting to know the players, getting to know them off the field. And still for me, like I played here, I know what it's like. I know what Chicago Red Stars is all about, but to be on the other side of it, it's still a lot of learning and growing. So, um, like Scott's, I think a blessing in disguise is that we're here. We're around it all the time. And like, you have nothing to do, but to like latch on, learn and grow. Um, and that's your environment. So I think, you know, on the flip side of that, it also has been a blessing in disguise, especially too, I think for me working so closely with the staff every single day, I'm just like soaking in everything that they have to say. We also got intel that you perhaps have the worst turf burn of the entire team. Oh, she does. Right now. I, yeah. It's embarrassing how I got it, but you know, I'm, I'm no. So this, <laughs> this is so red star why she gets it. Okay. This is so red star. So we did just a passing pattern where there's no pressure. The ball just keeps rotating around. So I asked Fabrice and Sitch to be false pressure. So I wanted them to pretend to be the fullbacks of Utah because their fullbacks would run at you. Her only job was to give fake pressure, <laughs> just fake. Well, we end up going to goal with it. So still fake pressure, Sitch. Well, for whatever reason, she goes on a 30-yard run to slide tackle someone before they score. <laughs> and we're like, what are you doing? She's like, I've got no clue, but I just felt like I should have made, put them under some more pressure. <laughs> so it was so red star, you wouldn't believe it. And it's probably why she's amazing as she is because she goes the extra mile. Um, but it's a really bad burn. Yeah, it's finally starting to heal two weeks later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Rory well, even said, he's like, Lou, what are you even doing? <laughs> <laughs> well, kind know. of in, in the way you guys were saying, like, Basically, you have gone through, we, I mean, we, we talked to Vanessa DiBernardo and, and Katie Johnson earlier today, and we talked a little bit about making the final and, and the, even whatever false equivalence you can tie this to last year and that sort of thing. And basically, they just kind of spoke to the fact that it's been a process that, that they're used to, but kind of in fast forward. And so does it kind of feel like you guys just got started and suddenly you're about to play like a championship final this weekend? <laughs> Yeah, I think you could say that yeah. a little bit, you know, I mean, just like the planning and the uncertainty even before coming out here to Utah and, you know, the prep and planning in Wisconsin, the prep and planning in Indiana to get here um, and trying to figure things out in the first few games, who plays well together, what are we best at, how do we move people around and get the best out of everyone, like you have to figure that out in four weeks. Um, <clears throat> credit to everyone here, I think we've done a really good job of that. 
Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, yeah. I would. So. I would agree. And first and foremost, for our biggest concern was we we think we were the most underprepared physically, just because of the COVID in, in Chicago was so mm-hmm. brutal. Um, so our first and foremost was we can't get anyone hurt due to pushing them too hard too soon or making them play too many minutes too soon. So, Rory. It was completely scripted, the group stage, completely scripted. Um, the only way we were going to divert from that is if someone did pick up a knock that we that we didn't want them to and then maybe they couldn't help. Um, but it was completely strict, scripted uh, and everything was just about a style thing, how we want to play, how we want to go about things. Everyone's going to get a chance. And then basically, come Utah, that's when you're going to start competing for a position on this team uh, and everyone's fighting for it. Um, so... That process kind of let us be really methodical and thoughtful with what we did rather than thinking about winning and maybe, you know, maybe only looking at 14 players rather than looking at 28. Uh, So again, Rory called it well and and has managed it all pretty good. Yeah. Sandra, you want to talk bubble? Are you guys ready to talk about this bubble life? Bubble. Bubble life. Um, (laughs) Having a great time. (laughs) Yes. And we can move on. That's really what it is. Uh, we've just been hearing so much, you know, about it. And honestly, it's, it's all of a similar thread, you know, you know, we've heard that, you know, players, it's been, it's been difficult, you know, because it's challenging to try to coexist in a space like that, you know, and, um, I just thought it would be maybe a different perspective to get it from the coaching perspective side of things, um, for, people who are there as really staff, you know, to, to the players, really, uh, in terms of how you guys have been not only adapting to Bubble Life just as yourselves, but also people who need to be looking out for others as well and how you guys have been trying to sort of keep the perspective and keep a good vibe going. Yeah, I, you're, you're right. Like, we have to be a beacon of hope and positivity um, because our job is to prepare these women to show their best selves uh, every day. Um, and that's tough. Um, you know, we've had some honest conversations over the past couple of weeks and some motivational talks before games, how it's been terrible for us. Um, but this group of women being who they are and how they want to perform and how they want the best and how they want to represent Chicago, it's kind of dragged us through. Um, so, you know, us taking care of them has ultimately dragged us through and allowed us to, you know, not wallow in, you know, being alone and being without our partners and, you know, with the staff being without their kids and family. Um, so it has been tough, but it's a two-way thing with this group. Um, they they probably put a smile on our faces more than they actually think they do and, and help us get through it. And, and we've had to probably hide a lot from them and talk between the staff and, you know, cry on each other's shoulders privately because we want them to feel like, you know, just monsters and ready to go. Um, so, so yeah, it's difficult, but it's just a part of the job. It's, you know, it's what, it's what we have to do. Yeah. And I think as, as difficult as it has been, I would say our group has been really awesome about it. Um, no one sits around and complains. Everyone is super grateful to still have the opportunity to be playing and, you know, doing something that they absolutely love. And 
we know that it's been hard on them, but I think the way that they've carried themselves through this yeah. has been phenomenal. And it's, it, and it really is inspiring because like Scott said, it is hard. We have people, you know, here with kids, we have people that are missing their significant others as staff and as players and to still be here and to come together as a group and to support each other and fight for each other. I mean, it, it is truly inspiring um, what these young women have done and are we, doing. <laughs> no, I, you're hundred percent correct. We've, um, and speaking on stuff like the bubble life, we've <clears throat> tried to have some fun with it as well. Uh, we've asked the players, uh, because we've seen some really interesting stuff uh, from them, whether it's been Chicago Red Stars players specifically or other players who had spent time in the bubble. Uh, some of the things we've been asking them is, you know, in preparation, in preparation for this bubble life, uh, you had to go away for a really long time. So naturally you had to bring a lot of stuff. Uh, <laughs> you know, now that you've spent all this time in the bubble life, uh, looking back in hindsight, is there something that you wish you would have maybe brought more of or that you just would have wished you brought in with you in general to help pass the time? Uh, just, I, you look like maybe you've thought about this yourselves already. Uh, I can't question. think of anything that, you know, I, I kind of regret not ordering a candle. I, oh I should. This is the I second know. candle we've heard. Yeah, I know. But I brought a di I brought a diffuser, so I have my wow. diffuser, and that's been amazing. But I should have done the candle. But Scott's wife <laughs> sent him a candle, <laughs> a care package. The visual here is Scott is showing us the candle that he has. Yeah. yeah. So I, you know, I love the diffuser, but I think I would have loved my candles. I love candles. So oh. literally, I have everything. My wife sent me a care package, and I mean a mini bottle of champagne for your first win. Um, it was against Utah, so I thought, you know what? I'm gonna keep it on ice and I'm gonna save it for the final. And finally, we're in the final, so I still have that little bottle of champagne. She sent me like uh, clips that you would clip like booklets together with, and they were to close my curtain shut in a hotel room to keep the light out. Oh. She sent me a candle, a diffuser, a toothbrush holder, uh, a laundry bag. What else did she send me? Um, Hand sanitizer, like all sorts. She just sent me this perfect wow. COVID yeah. hotel package. Um, so, so yeah. Um, you're the you're the king of the hotel. Killing it. Like my room, my room is like set up. She sounds amazing, Sky. What's wrong with she you? Is amazing. Yeah, I'm definitely punching above my weight. <laughs> I uh, I stole a plant from the hotel, but Scott has fake ones in his room. She sent me fake plants too. <laughs> but I stole like the ones that were downstairs on the table to bring life to my room, and I've managed to kill it. A succulent. I've managed to kill it in four weeks. <laughs> Good job. One is living and one is dead. So. Oh my God. Well, they took two very different journeys. That's. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's impressive, Coach. Yeah. That's, that's absolutely yeah. impressive. Um, another fun one regarding Bubble Life that we've been pitching around to your players is a Chicago angle from it in terms of talking about stuff that maybe you wish you had or thought of bringing in. If there was maybe a Chicago-specific treat that you wish you could have right now while you're in the bubble, because we've heard, and Scott, maybe you can attest to this because you spent some time there. We've heard the food is is maybe of a certain level in Utah. Oh, and uh, if there was... If there was a, maybe a specific Chicago treat that you can just have at the snap of a finger, whether it's like a slice of pizza, a hot dog, some Italian ice or something, uh, what would it be and why? So mine would be simple. So Pilsen, the Pleasant House pub, it does like a, it does like a, like a steak pie um, and it is just to die for. And I get a side of gravy with it and just smother that thing. 
Um, yeah, I, w- <laughs> I, I that is the first place I'm going when I get back, no Speaking doubt. Speaking of a guy who loves shepherd's pie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was going to say, that's a very that's English thing perfect. to say. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, You would love that. Love it. Oh, man. I- Sitch is like a rabbit. She just eats lentils, beans, and lettuce. False. <laughs> I have some veggies in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, ooh, like a meal, like a cheat meal, Flo and Santos pizza. Oh, yeah. I would love to have Flo and Santos pizza. Is that what I got? Yeah, that's the one yeah. I told you about. Yeah, super crispy, so good. Um, uh, another meal, what would I love? So there's also a Chinese restaurant by me called Canton Star. <laughs> oh, my God, is that place good? Holy hell, am I going there when I get back? Guys, thought about this a lot. So I was going to say, Scott's got enough answers for the two of you. Yeah, I know. Sorry, I was like, man, I think we got to have to. We got to. Chicago can like make good food. Yeah. I am, I am kind of lame because I would be like left coast. It's like this organic little cafe. Like, I no, that's not lame. If that's, a, that's answering the question. It's fine. Yeah. We'll get you I, I would do tacos. Like, I love. Um, uh, oh my gosh, what is it called? It's on um, Flacco's Tacos. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. I would do Flacco's Tacos. That's what's up. Wow. Yeah. And you guys are hitting us up with the actual, like, places. With, like, good – yeah, yeah. This is impressive. This is the most – It really impressive. is. Yeah. Uh, all the other players were like, oh, um, a slice of this or a big giant this from Portillo's. Like, but you guys, good ones, good answers. Uh, just to wrap this up, I guess just looking ahead into the final. Guys, what is it going to take to finally bring some silverware home to Chicago? So I think that what I've seen with this team, probably my second training session, I said to the staff, like, I've never seen something so frantic and aggressive in a training session. Like, I'm starting to understand after day two why this club has been successful. Like, there's just a grit about them. Um, and then to fast forward to the Portland game, um, when we kind of put the you know the younger squad out and give them a go, and then the amount of text messages I'm getting from the people like Mots, like that is Red Stars old school, like that's it. Um, so I think a sprinkle of that is going to be required. Um, it really is. And then just a little bit of quality from some of the wonderful players we've got up top. But ultimately, I think it's going to be a dogfight. Um, and, you know, whoever's going to come out and show that little bit of quality outside of the fight and the grit, I think, is, is going to be the team to get it done. And, you know, we're confident that's going to be us. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think um, what we already do have and what we already bring to every single game is just like every single player, one through 28 that is here, plus the stat, like, the people, um, the game changers or the people that are sitting, like they are up and cheering and, you know, so engaged in the game and want the best for everyone. And it really takes one through 28. It takes the whole entire team to win. And I think we have that. So I think bringing the stuff that Scott had and we got the rest of the pieces and good to go. Mm-hmm. You love to see it. You love to hear it. Uh, coaches, we, of course, will be here as always watching and recapping and lending our support as well. I want to thank you both for taking the time to chat with us a little bit ahead of the final. Uh, We understand that it's a quick turnaround and honestly that you guys got better things to do. So we truly appreciate it. 
Um, thank you both so much for, for being here with us tonight. Absolutely. Thank you again for having us. We thank, appreciate it. Thank you so much and good luck on CBS. Thanks, God. Thank I appreciate you. it. Take it easy. Thanks, Bye. God.